Hello, and welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Tate. This is the show for raw conversations about life and business. Connect, laugh, and enjoy with this week's episode. Welcome to the Leela Life Show. This is your host, Linda Tate, founder of Leela Life and the Leela Life Show. And today I bring to you a special guest, actually my brother and dear bud, Rock Tate, who is founder of Char Chalk. He is an amazing trainer. You can follow him at The Rock Tate. And he is co-owner of Intrepid Jim Montclair. And I've known him for almost 30 years now. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Rock. Thanks for having me. I'm happy we could finally do this. Yeah, I've been asking him for a while. And uh, for anyone that has had their first podcast interview, it can be a little nervous. But uh, here we have today's show. And it's no coincidence that this week, what was on my heart and mind was bringing a conversation around physical fitness and movement. And I wanted to share a little bit of my personal journey. And uh, this is the perfect segue into a conversation with Rock, who does this for a large part of his well-being. That's right. So you were a two-time college athlete with both football and lacrosse. For those of you that don't know, I was a collegiate swimmer. And I think having that background in sports going then into the quote unquote real world lends to an interesting transition as well as maybe it's body image stuff, insecurity, overconfidence, ego, all the things. Both of us had our own injuries and surgeries that were sports related. And I'd love if we could unpack some of that. Yeah, sounds great. I'm, I'm ready for that journey, for sure. <laughs> so when you think about the beginning of your athletic career, where do you start? The first image that comes into mind is playing flag football. Yeah? At probably five years old. Oh, my gosh. My beginning athletic image, and some of you might laugh, but it was actually what some would call not athletic, but it was ballet. I think that's a... Mm, that's up for discussion for another time, <laughs> whether or not that is athletic, but that definitely is in the realm of fitness for yeah, sure. Yeah, movement. Yeah. And I didn't get into my sports career until I was, what, 12 years old? But you had been an athlete your whole life. Yeah, running around with all different types of equipment in my hand. I remember throwing a ball with Dad probably right around like when I first started having memories, and then... Definitely flag football is number one, like the first sport that I ever took part in. And then it really quickly turned into being obsessed with football, basketball, and baseball in my early, early, early childhood. And when you say obsessed, like, what do you mean? Just always playing them. Yeah. Literally, whether, I mean, the famous quote from our dear mother, Lynn Tate, hi, mom, was forcing me to go outside to shoot a basketball when I was, like, going through, like, my hormonal stuff as a, like, 12, 13-year-old. And, like, that was a way to blow off steam. Like, playing sports was probably the definition of who Rock Tate was at the time. And so you played sports as, like, a stress relief. And what's your relationship with sports like right now? Personally. Personally, right now, uh-huh. as, as about to be 30-year-old Rock Tate, yeah. wishing he could still play sports at a competitive level. But 
definitely switching gears to not necessarily playing those team competitive sports, but found my way into the gym and I find those same types of uh, stress relievers while working out and uh, not necessarily going to the gym and lifting weights, but just movement in general, which has definitely been a journey in itself to get to where I've been. And why has it been a journey? Uh, A lot of injuries, a lot of just life getting in the way with the past four and a half years of doing what I've been doing and staying very busy and definitely having to take a couple of the uh, pivots to figure out what works for me and what works for my lifestyle, for sure. It's funny. I mean, I think any human experiences like the ups and downs of working out and like what exercise like what, what amount of exercise is going to fit into their routine, right? Like from just purely like a science standpoint or like the very non-scientific <laughs> science standpoint, <laughs> but like you need to sweat and like detox the body and move. Yeah. And so, you know, you come from an athletic background, you're not quote unquote an athlete forever, but you need to move for health, but you face the same challenges perhaps as like someone that has been predominantly sedentary or do you feel like it's ingrained because of your athleticism to move like it comes easier to you I think that's a a definitely a split answer because and I don't know at what point of this conversation we're going to go into the actual timeline of my life but the I've had the taste of two worlds right I've had the times where I was doing a get into the office at 7.30 and leave at 6 p.m. And that's not leaving you a lot of room to be physically active, although you're still stressing your body out throughout that entire day. So you have to be able to kind of weave through that and figure out when to fit it in. But then there's the times that it's been very, very hard when I feel like I'm an athlete to get into the gym and work out, to burn the stress off. And it's like, a, it's kind of a... It's, a tough cycle sometimes when you get a little down on yourself about working out and then you have all the stresses that are going on that you usually take care of by being fit Mm -hmm. and by being athletic and moving and all that lovely stuff but then you don't do that so you get caught in this like kind of tidal wave of not doing a lot like in a mental health standpoint if you move you feel better yeah so like the easiest maybe not easiest but a a surefire way to feel good daily is to get a sweat a 20 minute sweat yeah 100 percent. and that's like day in and day out when i see the difference between a day where i don't and it's a stressful day and a day and i do and it's a stressful day it's very evident that that is clear and that is it works for me but again, going back to the fact that it becomes a, almost like a negative cycle that you can't find the time because you're stuck in a place that you think you need to focus on certain avenues that are causing so much stress in your life. Like you're sitting there like, I'm building this business. Like I've literally been at a computer for six hours straight. I have barely gone to the bathroom. I barely took a break to eat today. And the best thing I could do, probably eat. Yeah. <laughs> and then get a workout in. And I'm not doing either. I'm going to do another three hours of quote unquote computer work. Like that's an example of the story. For sure. And like that even goes, I mean, I'm not the kind of person to be able to sit down for six hours to do computer work, but you go to meetings, you're on the phone, you're doing all these types of pieces that need to get put into owning and running a business and starting a new business. And you find yourself all of a sudden being in a meeting where you haven't eaten for like five hours and you're like 
not feeling good about the meeting and agitated and like angry and then you realize oh maybe it was because I didn't eat since the past like five or six hours or move today or move today or yeah. take five minutes in the morning to check in with myself mentally yes like the such the simple check boxes but when you get so out of it so easy to be out of it very much so so you were an athlete from say three until when do you think you were playing flag football like you said earliest Probably memories five or six, five or six. Yeah. okay and then you transitioned like when did you start thinking like oh I'm a pretty good athlete like did you ever think you were a pretty good athlete that's a really deep question that I can either dive right into or be surface level. I never thought I was the athlete that I could have been, um, even though I think I was pretty good. And I, I have like awards to show for that and I have statistics to show for that. But I was never really um, fulfilled in what I did. I was always looking for more. Do right? you think that's like every athlete faces that a maturity thing, like a rock tape thing? I think a lot of people face that, but there's a lot of people that probably don't, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Have you ever met one? Yeah. You've met a person that's, like, fully fulfilled in their athletic career? I've, I feel like there's a lot. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, sure. I don't, I don't, sure. I kind of, I think this is an area I project. I still get uncomfortable where I'm like, yeah, like, it's really hard being an athlete, and then you transition into real life and you leave your athletic career with some, whether a level of regret, like would have done things differently. Definitely. But I like, when I look back at my own, it's a lot of, it's a maturity thing. For sure. Like what would you relate yours to? Like the unfulfillment of your athletics, if you could pin it down. I mean, there was a point in my life where I really did think I had a shot to play professionally in football. Mm -hmm. And then whether it be the, idea that I actually wouldn't have been at that caliber and been able to, or I got hurt, you know, I got hurt and that pretty much solidified my chances of kind of going at it. I could have gone after it for another three or four years after the injury, but there was a lot of things stacked against me and leaving that as you played college football, that was great, but you didn't make it to the league mm -hmm. or even at my, I was very, I was very aware that it was hard to get to the NFL, <laughs> very aware, but I would have been pumped playing the CFL and there's even a lot to go into that conversation that it's hard to get in as an American, yada, yada. But not making it to any of those leagues was a sh like a shortcoming, in my opinion, in, yeah. my, in my mind. When I think about that, um, I mean, you can look at being top of the conference or being, you know, like all different ways I could have, I can find a lot of ways to show that I didn't make it to where I wanted to be necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm laughing cause I just, the past two days, as you know, was webcasting the Florida state high school swimming association state finals yeah. for three and four a. Yeah. And in that experience, our mom sent me all my meat results for my whole swimming career. And <laughs> I, I had made it, if I'm not mistaken, to finals or semifinals all four years. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And I had like all American cuts and I, you know, had a Big East record my freshman year. And you know the story, like with my injury and then get not really like as good quote unquote as I think I could and was signing yearbooks in high school say and people being like Beijing and like yeah. you know this idea of like Olympic trials and Olympian and I think that there is an element of like almost naivete 
definitely an element of not understanding mindset and then like actual like training or lifestyle decisions that weren't supporting that goal that like I may never get that athletic opportunity again, but I will have other opportunities say like in business to channel that. But this is a question and I want to know how you feel like for me, I'm like looking for the adult like in my 30s sport to channel my athletic energy into and then I'm like well maybe you can be healthy yeah and maybe you can like run a successful business and for me it comes down to like what weight or priority do I want to put to fitness and exercise and sport at this point in my life definitely and so that's something that I rub up against of like, but I should be X, Y, or Z competing for a triathlon, doing an ultra marathon, mm-hmm. hyping epic things, like getting into another sport, going on surf trips more, being a better surfer, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, or today I'm going to sweat for 20 minutes and then I'm going to get a lot of work done and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to be with my fiance. Yeah. And I mean, I think we, over the even past couple of days, we've discussed the like the term performance, mm-hmm. right? So we've been not necessarily brainwashed, but thinking about the how many years you put towards swimming, mm-hmm. how many hours, so, so many. many, right? Like unreal, like the kind of schedule that swimmers have. I used to always think about how you used to swim in the morning before high school. I could never think about doing that ever, right? But you get predeposed that's not the word that I'm looking for but like brainwashed into doing that all the time and then it's gone right so you have to scratch that itch of being athletic but to be able to spin it and just put it towards something tangible like a business or that's performance based is easier said than done Mm -hmm. for sure and then I think like we're sidestepping the conversation around like body image (laughs) Yeah. And I I say that because, like, for some people, exercise, it's like, look good naked, feel good, like, look sexy, look fit, look whatever, look strong, like, I'm bulking, I'm I'm toned. Mm -hmm. And I've, like, I, I don't know if I feel just, like, great in my body because I'm healthy and, like, I do feel like I look good, but then it's like, could I be fitter? Could I be this? And it's like, or could I be in today (laughs) yeah being present yeah Yeah. so like whatever that is yeah and to i mean i don't know if you're asking me a question about body image but that was something that i felt like i dealt with since being 13 years old Mm -hmm. you know walking around at any time of the day like out in florida right growing up in florida you could be at the beach you could be at the pool physically like feeling like i need to be tense in my abs at all times Mm -hmm. because i need to fit that image And that's still to this day something that I feel like I need to, I'm getting better. I think I've probably for the past two or three years have really head on focused on that and realized that that's not what it's all about. But that's a a process to work through that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't even realize that. They're in it. They're in it. Yeah. They're probably in it really deep. Um, And you see, I mean, social media, right? You see it all the time and it's. Well, you have like soft porn on social media now yeah. that it's like, and this isn't said with judgment. It's just literally an observation of like, oh, like naked, hot, steamy photos, like the whole thing. And then you have your real human person mm-hmm. <laughs> and like whether you want to put that on social media or not, but it's like this standard or expectation or 
or comparison that you, sure. you have available to look at all the time that starts to, I think, desensitize in a way that if you check social media right now, I mean, I think our phones tell you how many times you're like picking it up and like mm-hmm. look at stuff, but like, you know, how many minutes you're actually on social media in a day, you're getting access, whether you're even conscious of it or not, to like the images, which are then the comparison, which are then the like, you see yourself in a mirror and are like, oh shit. Yes. You know, how do you deal with that? Well, to go off that real quick, I think I saw a statistic like three weeks ago that said two hours and 24 minutes is like the average that Instagram has seen that users are on it Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Like that's crazy that you have 24 hours in a day and people are putting two hours and a half towards that. Right. Um, And a lot of, again, going back to the unconscious people that are judging and comparing and seeing that and not even really focusing on that's actually something they're dealing with on a consistent basis. Like, what if you, and I get it, like, 224 minutes are, like, collective. It's, I'm in line, it's two I'm... Two hours and 24 minutes. What did I say? 224 minutes. <laughs> 200- which is slightly different. It's not that far off, yeah. but still, there's people that are doing both, okay, right? Okay, anyway. two hours and 24 minutes, but, like, okay, so it's not, like, you're not, no one's sitting, maybe, I mean, I'm sure there are people, but you're not sitting down for two hours and 24 minutes at one sit just on Instagram. Usually you're multitasking, you're distracted, you're whatever, but there's a few points, and one is that you're not present because you're doing that. Number two is, like, you know, you don't have time to work out, but you have two hours and 24 minutes to go on Instagram. For sure. And then you, um, and then the other is, like, what if you took 220, two hours and 20 minutes or 224 minutes (laughs) either way to like be like i love myself today yeah just literally that yeah or or every time that you started on instagram you're like i fully and completely love myself and then like you might you might might not scroll as long or whatever or like before you go on the instagram it's like what am i looking for but like and I think at the heart of it is intentionality and we're getting a little sidetracked to social media, like as social media is a distraction, yeah. which it's like the perfect illustration. But I think it's worth touching on body image and how like health and body image aren't the same thing. No. And some people that could have a quote unquote killer body image could be like extremely unhealthy. For sure. In the fitness industry. Do you ever see people that are very unhealthy as quote as fitness leaders? And when I say very unhealthy, yeah, I mean very unhealthy, like both as mental health, Definitely. A, and then B is like, and their physical health. For sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have people that personally know or just see throughout, again, social media of individuals that have rock and bods or they're looking fit as hell and like they're flexing the cameras and everything. The amount of like nutritional like that's lacking in their life the kind of stuff that they're putting into their bodies that are probably very unhealthy and then the overall just like mental game that they're probably dealing with it's it's all proven it's all coming out more studies that are going on but like is it serotonin or whatever the drugs that are released in your brain yeah they're fulfilling that through likes on instagram right it's the so i think dopamine dopamine whatever it is yeah i should probably sure there's serotonin too yeah but it's very very clear that that's an issue right whether it's it's both the physical unhealthiness as well as a mental unhealthiness and that's and that's just it's I'm, i'm generalizing right that's not everybody and i'm not trying to look at it in a negative 
tone, but for sure. It's out there. And like, I think this is interesting where it's like fitness leaders that are directly associated with health that then have this unhealthy approach to what they're doing from like an example standpoint. Like when I think of the example of health, I think of like actually accepts yourself fully, um, eats for nourishment, (laughs) like moves to sweat. And for me, I think I've gotten almost like maybe almost a little too rigid within my lines of anything outside of that. But as soon as I'm like, oh, excessive exercise, like not the healthiest. And this is something that I come up against sometimes is like, can you be a elite athlete and be healthy? Or do you have to have a little bit of that like unhealthy balance to be at that elite level? For so elite athlete, I guess define that for me. Okay, elite athlete is anyone competing for like the professional level. Not even. I mean, I think an elite. Like I think of myself as a college swimmer as an elite athlete. Okay. So at like just it's kind of like a higher level, like yeah. versus a professional athlete. Obviously, it's like paid or or you know a pro, Definitely. but elite just being like you could be like an amateur cyclist, and that's an elite athlete in my mind. Yeah. So competing for something, yeah, it would be an elite athlete, definitely beyond fun. <laughs> I think just to answer that very simply, the elite of the elite are the ones that are mindful and are the ones that are very aware of their mental health as well as their performance and what they're doing. Do you think it was always like that, or is that a newer thing? It was probably always like that. So you think that like forty years ago, it would be like Shaq was like a mindful athlete. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. Um, that's hard because he was just a dominant man because he was seven foot three and 300. Okay. So like, let's take a sub shack example. Yeah. But I, you know what I'm saying? Like, is part of it, like the time that we're living in where like consciousness, it's like almost a little easier to be consciously aware of all these things, even take 10, 20 years. Like, I feel like mindset, like we knew about psychology, but we didn't necessarily know about mindset and certainly in terms of mindset and recovery. For sure. I think we're seeing, we're we're on the very early stages of seeing some amazing thing happen. Mm -hmm. Amazing things happen in the future because we are becoming much more aware of that now. Yeah. Um, Consciousness and like the power that you can have on yourself. Like something I was reading the other day, the placebo effect, Mm -hmm. right? How powerful is that? That there's individuals that because they're taking a pill, but they're mindfully thinking that they're healing themselves with that pill, even though it's sugar and not anything in it, they're healing themselves in some cases. Right. And we're like, there's, There's just more going into the studies like that that are showing how you can turn that towards athletes and the performance that the elite of the elite are having is out there. Like the old school would have been like visualization. Like that was like big when I was in college. And it's like, I think visualization like 5.0, what we're hearing of now. But, um, you know, to really tap into that power And it's like the heart-mind coherence is where a lot of that power lies. And then to channel that into performance, but with like some intention, I guess. For sure. Would be the answer. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about how before I go to bed, I'm like, my cells are happy and full of love. (laughs) Or I'm like, my cells are healing my body. Like I kind of do some kind of my own placebo effect. And then in the morning I put salt in my water and it's like an Ayurvedic principle. And I, it's um, like a very mineral dense salt. 
and I say my cells are opening to health and well-being and it's like you can have these little conversations with yourself that if I could go back into athletics like I would do so many things differently (laughs) but um yeah, it's it's interesting. So now you go from high level athlete mm-hmm. to today, which it's like sometimes hard to work out for twenty minutes. Yeah. But when did you say you had a turning point to more like mindful exercise? Okay, this is a fun full circle, but going back to flag football, right? So it was about I'm almost a year and a half, or maybe even closer to two years now, because time just flies of a pretty bad ankle injury. Thankfully, only had to get casted for eight weeks, but it, at that point, made me realize, A, competitive athletics might not be for me anymore. <laughs> at 29 years, 28 years old at the time, going into 29. Um, and then also just taking care of yourself, not for just the sake of my career, right? Because I'm training people and I'm working in gyms and I'm doing this and that. and need to be able-bodied. Um, but just not putting myself through that stress when I'm already stressing myself in a lot of different ways. The stress buckets. The stress buckets, yeah. Being smart about making sure that those are all even. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I attribute a lot of my yoga slash um, mindfulness slash all of that to 2016 when we were together. Mm -hmm. Was that when we lived together for a year? Yeah, 2015 into 16. Yeah. Um, And teaching me a lot of just new ways of approaching a lot in my life that was going on and handling all those buckets of stress. Um, So taking that and then taking the fact that I didn't have to try to compete with the most athletic guys in town as well as try to lift 360 pounds over my head, um, I started to take care of myself a lot more. And I kind of mold that into a flowy movement style, high intensity workout that I like to do with very minimal weights now and kettlebells and dumbbells and a lot of mobility, stretching, and just, again, being mindful. Even thinking about the movements that I'm doing and what it's doing for myself when I'm moving. So you're like a good looking guy. I've been told. Do you think that there's this like pressure for you to like uphold some standard socially? Hell yeah, for sure. And so how do you overcome that? Especially when we go back to the conversation of not feeling like I was in a groove at times when I was not working out a lot, not finding the time for myself, um, and then being told after six months of that, mm-hmm. are you trimming? Are you cutting down? Are you leaning out? Are you, you cutting st- right now? Are you you're looking skinny? Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are daggers to my heart because um, I've always been a pretty lean and long individual. And when I hit the biggest of my life, I felt pretty good at like 245 pounds. I'm now sitting back at like playing weight, mm-hmm. like 210 maybe. Um, that's that's where it gets hard. So I do a good job compartmentalizing a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of push that into a place where, yes, I do feel like I need to have a standard of what I look like to work with individuals. But it's not so much just the image. It's a lot of the mindset and mindfulness of what I'm doing and what I'm doing for myself. Mm-hmm. So to hear, are you, like, you looking pretty skinny, man. Like, yeah, you know, not finding a lot of time for myself to work out right now, so I'm being smart with what I'm eating, and I'm just, you know, making sure I'm staying healthy. Because mm-hmm. that's really what I'm doing. Right. Just 
happens to turn out that I don't have a lot of body fat, so my muscles are going down a little bit. You know, I'm sorry that like I'm not maintaining at 225 when I'm not really hitting at all. Like the all my pistons aren't hitting at the right time. Yeah, if you will. So and like and and like maybe you don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten. I mean, body dysmorphia was a thing for me for yeah. sure for a long time, and still at this point is a small little fraction of my life that I have to deal with. But I don't care as much. Like, you don't care. Like, what I mean by that is, like, the priority of, like, being 225. Like, you could do that. You could probably do that in two months. Yeah. But, like, you don't care as a priority. Yes. Yes. And that's where, that's, again, it goes, I'm a big goal guy, Mm -hmm. right? Setting goals for yourself and figuring out what you want to be on what road you want to travel. 225 or 230 is not what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to the Olympics for weightlifting anymore, and I'm not going to the pros for football anymore. So it's like, (laughs) just, I'm going on the pros of my healthy body and, like, caring about myself and making sure I feel good. And I'm feeling the most nimble and uh, light and just healthy, healthier than I ever felt. Awesome. Yeah. The um, stress buckets, when I was in yoga teacher training, I was in the Bahamas for a month. I know. It was tough. <laughs> I just stepped down from a pretty stressful job as a manager at 27. Yeah. Got promoted to VP and decided, like, this felt really out of alignment. I was 27, yeah. And uh, I'm going to do my yoga teacher training, a dream of mine. And uh, very inspired by Ricky Williams. And for anyone who doesn't know what he's up to lately, really hitting the yoga astrology circuit hard. Yes, he is. Uh, which I think is so cool. But um, would love to like sit down with him. Yeah, I'd love to interview him. So if anybody wants to get the Ricky Williams plug, <laughs> um, there you have it. But anyway, uh, the Ayurvedic practitioner, we had to do karma yoga an hour a day. So we had to like do service an hour a day. And she would see me the hour before the hour of karma yoga, I would be working out. So we'd have yoga in the morning, but it was 15 minutes of breath work, an hour of very light movement and 15 minutes of Shavasana, which is corpse pose. Mm -hmm. And then breakfast and then this hour break. So I was doing this workout the first week and I would like run a little or swim a little, but I was like, oh shit, like I got to get my workout in and I'm like still in my twenties. So swimming still feels fresh. And she's like, you don't get it. Like you need to let your body rest. And for me, this is where like the stress buckets, I like lived the understanding of the stress buckets where I had come off of being a pretty hardcore, like competitive CrossFitter. I was having nerve damage. I was getting nerve pain shooting down my hands. And, you know, I'm pretty open of like my college bulimia, depression, anxiety, binge drinking, shoulder injury, like, so a lot of body stress. And This is the first time in my life, really, or at least up till, say, 12 to 27. So for 15 years, because at 12, like, what are you doing? But um, that I let my body rest. And I think that can be like when I see people that are holding on weight, it can be for so many reasons. And I've talked about the book, The Body Keeps the Score. So there's often some trauma relation. Mm-hmm. But I think a piece to unlocking some of that weight is through true rest and recovery versus what we think culturally is to like get the workouts in. And the workouts in, so you have like a mindset that could be a bit off. You have now more physical stress on your body, um, whether or not you're eating well, but you probably could be restricting Mm -hmm. it. 
And then like, again, all the life stresses, it's like a surefire way to hold on to the weight versus maybe you take off. Like I literally for three weeks did gentle yoga. (laughs) I didn't sweat once. Like I went on a few walks and that was so foreign to me as coming off of like, again, elite athlete to like doing quote unquote nothing. And now, and I've had the overcome like the pendulum swing, right. Where I'm like, I've only gone walks this week, (laughs) but maybe it was like a walk week, you know? And I've tried like with my periods, like I won't really work out. I go on walks, but I see the need for stress and a personal commitment is like every other day to sweat. And I try my very hardest to do that. Um, But when you said the stress buckets or you alluded to the stress buckets, that's my personal experience of that. Yeah. I mean, that's that and the way that you tie in uh, the ability for a lot of people to probably feel that Mm -hmm. they're realizing like, wow, I have a lot of buckets that are overflowing. Yeah. Your daily grind at work that are stressing you out. You don't realize the stress that you get through your cell phone that's in front of you for two hours and 24 minutes. The stress that you're putting into your body, whether it's the whatever it is, it could be a third coffee, alcohol, too much pot, whatever. (laughs) Yes. Ice cream. Any of it. And, And then you just take all of life's every single stress. Like, and we're not talking about stress like I have a deadline and I'm stressing about it. Stress to your body comes in a lot of different frequencies. And like relational stress, money stress, all of it. Yeah. All of it. You can go on and on and on. And when you realize that when some of those are getting really high stress, you want to taper down the other stuff. And that can come in the, the field of movement. It's a walk week. Yeah. Your nutrition. I'm really dialing in on maybe some rice and legumes. <laughs> I can get my gut feeling a little bit better. I recommended you know? to rock to do a kitchery like cleanse for Reset. three days. Yeah. yeah. Taking off some digestive stress because he road tripped from New Jersey and went to Popeye's 18 times. That's not true <laughs> at all. It was Chick-fil-A once. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you, when we first got started in this conversation, you mentioned like a brief time in your own personal life, but like the, I think the 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. work grind, which yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to on some level of like, okay, great. Like you're an entrepreneur. We both are like you work in fitness. Like it's easy for you to get the workout in and sometimes you don't even get it in. Oh, no. But what is this person supposed to do when they're eight to seven working in an office, like when do they go to the gym? Yeah, I mean, that is a serious question. And what I was thinking about when we were confusing 224 minutes to two hours and 24 minutes, just to quickly go back to that, that's 14 Instagram go-ons, like going on Instagram 14 times for an average of like nine to 10 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Which I feel like Which a is lot easy of people to do. can do that yeah. pretty easily. Granted, now you mix in the fact that you're stuck at a desk or you're doing something in sales in the car all day or you're driving this is that the other thing from 8 a.m to 6 7 p.m and you can't find the time 20 minutes of movement will do just good right because you're stressing yourself out in a lot of different ways already throughout that day that all we're looking for is you just get your blood flowing like to sweat yeah get the blood moving get a sweat yeah and i mean i go very animalistic or caveman in my mentality but if you were to put us back in, I don't even know what it would be because there's so many different estimates of time, right? But go to caveman days, 
what did they do? They, I guess, got into a cycle that, oh, it's dark out, so I guess I'll go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'll wake up in the morning. I am now needing to fend for myself and feed myself. That activity is stressful for them, mm-hmm. right? They then fuel themselves with the feed that they have already or what they hunted for, whatever it is, and then they go to sleep again, mm-hmm. right? Times are much different now than compared to that scenario. But if you kind of take that mindset, there's stressors that are still involved in our our daily lives, right? There's activity that should still happen and there's nutrition. And that's pretty basic, right? So if you're not having the opportunity to sweat, you're putting a, a negative in that that equation, if you will. You're kind of adding more to the stress bucket. Yeah. And it's the fine line of like over-sweating and under-sweating. Yeah, and that really is super, I mean, you talk about principles that go back and forth that are all different types of people, but that could mean something different for a lot of people. It could be a quick stretch session for 20 minutes, or it could be an intense 20 minutes, but it's still just 20 minutes, and you can easily carve that out if you're stuck in that 8 to 6 p.m. job. Well, and I think fitness has a component of movement. Yeah. And so movement gives you the flexibility to move in all different ways, and then approaching fitness looks, like, very specific for that, like, sweating or cardio or high intensity. For sure. But, uh, okay, so it's 8 a.m., like, so I need to I need to be at work by 8, 7.30, I'm on my way there. I'm getting ready and eating from, like, 7 to 7.30, now I need to be up at six, but I have kids, so they're out the door. You know, there's all these factors. I think that the answer is like find the time and make the self commitment. Yeah. And you're worth it because that's all you got. For sure. <laughs> um, but I and I don't have like the magic wand for how to make sure you do that. You know, people to do that every day. But I think it is like carving out the actual time, or it's not going to get done. And, like, I think we've both been in those places where it doesn't get done. For sure. Yeah, and, again, easier said than done, right? But 20 minutes, like, you look at 24 hours, 24 hours times 60 minutes in an hour, that's a lot of time Mm -hmm. in a day. So no matter what's going on, whether you have kids, whether you have the long-hour job or whatever it is, 20 minutes is easy to carve out. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of sitting down. And I think you probably do this with your clients as well as I. If there's somebody that's really struggling with trying to find that time, it would be to lay it all out on paper and really get your schedule set to see what you are dealing with Mm -hmm. and then try to carve out those 20 minutes. It's like owning your calendar, owning your time and owning it in a way that you have what's what you are prioritizing. Like that's maybe lifestyle design, right? Of like, this is what's most important to me. And if health is on there, then it's movement as a part of health. For sure. And then like, that's a non-negotiable. For sure. And honestly, let's look at it from like maybe taking, I know sweat is important, right? And getting your heart rate up is also important. I suggest at least two or three times a week, but maybe it's a day that you really can't find the time to move Mm -hmm. and change the clothes into your gym clothes and get it going. Take 20 minutes for your mental health. Yeah. You know, and I think you instilled that in me 100% that for me, it's not necessarily like sit on a pillow, cross your legs and put your hands out and meditate. Although sometimes I find myself doing that. It could be laid down, fully clothed, the shoes on still, Mm -hmm. and you're taking 20 minutes to quote unquote meditate or just clear your mind and be present and really just focus on yourself. Because that can be very powerful for somebody that can't quote unquote find the time to do anything 
it sounds like you need some me time. I think the statistic is through visualization, the body, it's like 70% as effective of visualization as doing the real thing. And so it's like, if you're picturing yourself back squatting 240 right now, (laughs) then it's 70% as effective. So what is that? Like 185? (laughs) Taking the percentages based on that. (laughs) Yeah, I hit my PR today. (laughs) I was visualizing a thousand pounds in the back squat. Um, I don't know if that's what it actually means, but I think there is a a good thing to be said about the me time. And when I was at yoga teacher training, that was my first real introduction and immersion into meditation. And I had been dabbling in meditation before that, but then we were trained in Vedic meditation at the ashram. And I remember like halfway through the yoga teacher training, I was like, oh my gosh, all this yoga, like the physical asana or the physical movement is just so that you can sit in meditation. And I was so mad and I was just like, okay. And that really freed me from feeling like I quote unquote had to do physical yoga or like the asana that I needed to move my body so I could sit for meditation. And not that I have to, but that's what I want to be able to do. And I think for me, if I have the my non-negotiable be some form of meditation daily, and then I'm, I'm more likely to do that every day than to exercise every day. But yeah. that's just, like, the place that I've landed. Yeah, and I think that rule of thumb could be very powerful for a lot of people. Yeah. For sure. And just real quick for all of our listeners, Linda and I are putting a dollar in a jar for every time we say, quote-unquote, <laughs> and um and um yes just kidding there's no dollars in any jars <laughs> i didn't even know we said it a lot i said it at least two or three times well i think it gets the point across yeah, i'm trying I'm, I'm saying that instead of saying the f word <laughs> so there you go um well i think this is really helpful and i hope for the listeners that there's some takeaway that could be just a different way to think about movement yeah. that you know, the all or nothing thinking can be what gets you in the worst place. And some of the key takeaways are like real body love and not like body love, but just the self-love yes. um, time for your mental health, moving your body in ways that feel good in alignment with like what your life priorities are. Yeah. And what your life schedule is on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, There was one final thought that I had that just, oh, (laughs) shout out to my fiance who literally does his rep count based on what feels good. I mean, that's beautifully said. Yeah. And I, and I always, I like, I would be so rigid about like, oh, I got to do like three by 12 and this and this. And it's like, maybe I just stop when I'm done doing squats and I don't even know how many I did, but that's so counter to any kind of like you know, Western thinking of what a workout should look like. And like, you know, you can't write a program for some, you could, but you're programming, you're like squats till you're done. For sure. And I think that almost is like uh, the answer to when is it appropriate to say fitness Uh or exercise or movement? Yeah. Right. Because when you are on that five by five squat program, it's because you do have specific goals. Fitness goals, which there's nothing wrong with. And that's goals. But when it's, you want to take a step back and maybe make sure your circle of life is nicely balanced for everything that you're doing. That's something that you taught me, that circle of life. And you don't have those specific goals. It's just movement. Yeah. And my, like my marriage sucks, but my, I'm getting three hours at the gym 
Yeah. Like maybe look at your circle of life and put a, two hours into your marriage. Yeah. That's an that's an example and a gross example. Like gross, like not gross, like gross. Ew, the other gross. I don't know the definition. Um, How would you think? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I think you get the point. And the point is just looking at what's important to you. And I think, too, like noticing when it can be a distraction from the other things going on in your life. And it can often be a healthy distraction. Like I've heard this a ton in like the recovery community. It's like, well, like this is this is like yeah, I'm addicted to exercise, but it's better than addicted to whatever. And like, yes, this is going to not have the quite the adverse effects to X, Y, or Z drug of choice. And there is an element of it maybe taking away or adding more like negatives at a certain point, but everything has its purpose and its time where that could have been really saving your life for five years for of sure. over-exercise, helping your transition from, you know, in recovery from drugs or alcohol into, you know, a more healthy, mindful life. So it's a distinction worth touching on. And everything in moderation, right? Because I can go like fitness focused by saying, if you go to the extra mile and you're addicted to it, Mm -hmm. rein it back in, rein it back in a little bit. Exactly. Any final thoughts? Um, I mean, this was a lot of fun. I'm happy that you uh, asked me to do it and I hope it's not the last time. But I would say that for any individuals out there, not just the um, the NARPs, if you will, the non-athletic regular people that used to be college athletes, um, take a self-check, take a self-temperature check and see where you're at in this life and where your stress buckets are at and go from there and trying to really get out of your your movement funk, if you will, if you are in that funk and you kind of find that what Linda and I are talking about resonates with you because it all starts there and you have to kind of get a check on how you're feeling and the stresses in your life and then slowly, you know, make it all work. When I came home crying from a CrossFit workout, I knew my exercise bucket was (laughs) maybe a little overfilled. (gasps) Overfilled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Rock, so much. And uh, Rock is working on a really cool fitness product. It's a proprietary fitness chalk used for everything from rock climbing to weightlifting to gymnastics that'll be launching this January called Char Chalk. And you can check out charchalk.com. That is correct. Throw your email up there if you guys want some updates of what's going on right now behind the scenes. But it's exciting times. It is exciting times. Yeah. And uh, you can catch him on the Instagram at The Rock Tape. And uh, I think that is all. Yeah. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. This has been The Legal Life Show, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Head on over to Instagram at lelolife.co. Give me a like or a follow and lelolife.co as the website. Check out the free resources. Password is Lila and things there that will change your life if you let them. Have a powerful week and see you next week.